0: you know, whether it's a software or or the hardware technology, you know, I mentioned the the drum machine, but also there are synthesizers and there are like sequencers and drum machines and that have shaped the music industry for the past, I would say 50 years. And me as a, as a engineer who always um, had this love for like electronic devices and, you know, the, It it just feels so comfortable um, using them and learning about them. I mean, and and thereby, you know, creating music with, with the help of technology.
1: Welcome to the Artist Engineer Podcast. Join me, Tony Tran. And me, Bill Robert Ozzy. Along with our amazing guests, as we explore how people's inner artist and inner engineer present themselves in their technical careers, in the art they create, and most importantly, in living creative lives. Our guest today is Yubin Lee. Yubin is currently Senior Program Manager for Alexa Smart Home at Amazon. He is the author of Human Nature, Photographs from Europe, and creates hip-hop beats with an MPC, vinyl, and old-school soul, funk, and jazz. We explore how Europe, Asia, and U.S. perceive the divide between professional and artistic pursuits differently, how hobbies can evolve into a creative process, and how sharing your passions at work can improve your relationships with your colleagues. Welcome, Yubin, to the show. Appreciate your time.
0: Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me.
1: So, Yubin, you have a a very interesting background for us. Uh, You have a technical background, either hands-on or working in a variety of technical companies, and also have what you call some hobbies in the artistic side. But maybe what we want to start with is something you mentioned to us earlier when we we first met, about the experience you have uh, working multiculturally in several different countries around the world. I think a lot of us might think that's an exciting or interesting experience to have. We wish we would have that as well. Uh, But you have the benefit of both working and doing artistic uh, work or thinking in uh, several cultures around the world. I wonder if in that experience, you have noticed or you can talk to us about any differences in the attitudes towards technology, STEM, or art that you've seen in these different cultures and how that might have influenced you in your kind of years working in different areas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I will have to start from explaining my my background a little bit, I am originally from South Korea. Um, I was born there. And then um, I ended up growing up in, in Germany in the 90s when my, my father um, got a job there. So we had, the whole family had to move there. So I spent a good amount of time just growing up in Germany and then came back to Korea um, to do college. And then since then, I've worked in five different countries. Um, I did my MBA. Uh, in France, and then came back and started working in the tech industry, and now uh, I'm in Seattle, I'm working in uh, one of the tech uh, companies based here. So I had quite a bit of, uh, yeah, as you put it, like multicultural um, background. So to to come to your question, right, um, you know, like growing up in Germany, right, I I, I noticed that there was this huge wave of great music um, worldwide, right? There was, you know, R&B and hip hop and, 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 uh, you know, from Seattle um, and and then techno and house music uh, from Europe and, and even from Asia. Like that was the time when sort of K-pop started, you know, kind of flourishing. So, you know, just growing up, I got exposed to all this uh, music and, and movies also. And I, what, what I, kind of went through mentally at that point is you know this might be kind of stereotypical but I was pretty good at math in school just like many Asian kids back then and and so I grew up maybe also influenced by my parents and other families I grew up just thinking that oh yeah I'm good at math so you know I need to be an engineer just by default almost right or I need to be maybe a doctor and things like that. And then w- while I was growing up, I had this clash, right, between, okay, this is sort of the expectation. And I was also very interested in, in, in science and, and, and engineering and technology from early on. But at the same time, on my personal side, like I said, I was exposed to so much um, art, and, and, and which then I kind of thought about also pursuing as a profession. And so I had this um, kind of a dilemma while growing up. Mental dilemma, I would say, and I realized also then in the U.S. as well as in Europe, you know, people didn't think or, or they didn't uh, really try to kind of separate their passion from profession. There was no stereotypical profession that you needed to pursue or your parents wanted you to pursue. So, I, I guess, I guess the 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 notion about you know, art and, and technology and how they blend together and how they would influence you as you think about your career goals. Now, I mean, even in, in uh, Asia and just anywhere, the, it's becoming more and more, uh, what's the right word, more f- free, I would say, and, and, and fluid as you think about it. But, you know, while growing up, I there was this definitely a clash of these ideas
1: uh, you've been so you mentioned something very interesting that in Europe, you said there wasn't as much of a separation between people's professions and their passions, as you described it. Did you see that what we're calling the artist engineer type of personality, which we're trying to uh, kind of uh, explore in our podcast? Was that more common? Did you see many people with mixing in art, music, their career uh, in some way that's different than what we see in the U.S.? Mm-hmm
0: yeah i mean i might have been a bit too too young to um, meet many you know so-called artistic engineers right but i had uh, many neighbors who i knew worked in you know software industry and, and just tech industry or engineering engineering uh, side um just overall and I, I i met with them quite frequently we talked about music and and some of them were also game game developers um, and so you know, I, I don't know if game falls under art, but uh, we talked about you know you know different you know games and, uh, and and just movies and there was just so much variety in terms of you know which topics um, you know we, we then talked about and, and pursued as hobbies and 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 then you know like I said in my mind at least from you know in 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 the culture where I come from uh, you know the whole the notion was either you're good at good good at math or uh, other things in in school so then you become a lawyer or a scientist or engineer or uh, or doctor and then you know those people who are either super talented from the beginning right or uh, or um they might not be as good in school and so they might pursue some something else outside of the academic area then which then leads them to pursue you know, art or, or entertainment. Um, and so I, what I realized in Europe growing up in Europe is there's no really real divide. You can be either, and then, and then pursue the other one as a hobby or just vice versa, uh, or, or, you know, you can even pursue both as profession. So I think, um, that's how kind of that shaped, um, my, um, my, my thinking about my, my future as is uh, just a professional, but also as someone who would pursue different hobbies in, in private life.
1: I think that's very true, especially in the U.S., as you said, and maybe in Asia, that we feel that um, being technical or being artistic are two very different things, and we're finding that that's not the case, as you also found uh, in your uh, experience in your youth.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, too, you brought up you know, being... Uh... Uh, you said kind of st- stereotypical Asian family. You're good at math, so you're probably gonna be an engineer. And then I was thinking yeah. as well. Germans are known for engineering as well. So there's almost a whole yeah, like, the double whammy of you're gonna end up being an engineer. <laughs> uh I mean I've uh, uh German uh, mother, German American mother, and uh, we don't think about the artistic side of uh, of Germany, but it's it's certainly uh, uh, very artistic people as well, and just like all
0: people, right? Of course, of course. I mean, if you think about you know the classical music, right? It, I mean, there are so many just German uh, composers, um, and and even in, in recent times, even um, even in let's say. I don't know fashion, or we, we might think of France or Italy as more artistic, uh, artistically <laughs> advanced um, uh, cultures and countries. But you know, uh, just overall in Europe, like there are, you know, just historically uh, so many developments in different forms of art, um, you know, that that uh, you could just feel and breathe wherever you you went. Um, and so, so yeah, um again, um that was that had a big influence on me uh, at that time, um and then at the same time, i like I said, I also had a lot of exposure to American culture as well um I mean I think that that's a time when you know m t v was just huge overall everywhere right in the u s as well as in europe, so i I got to learn uh, about the the American music a lot, which I ended up you know listening to them the most actually i you know always used to go to um record stores after school uh you know uh and 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 then check billboard charts and listen to new music uh you always you know, checked out new new movies and cinemas which were mostly coming from Hollywood anyway right and so yeah i had a good uh, mix of uh uh you know american european and and also asian culture, um, sort of exposure while growing up.
1: So through this early experience, you felt open to kind of combining, uh, an interest in art uh, and your kind of your, uh, yeah. preference for kind of math and science. Why don't we talk about that in some detail, the, uh, artistic quote unquote, hobbies that you, uh, got interested in. I know, um, from talking to you that you are doing quite a bit of music and, uh, maybe quite a bit of photography for the music side and forgive me for my um, lack of knowledge in this area uh, you're creating music using let's call it modern technology versus traditional instruments guitars and pianos Um, could you maybe uh, give us a background on the tech you're using to create music what's your approach to music and how you how you're going about that yeah
0: yeah so so yeah it must have been i don't know maybe 15 years ago or so um i i I could I consumed a lot of music from different genres, and I guess we all understand the point when you, you 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 get your interest in in certain area, right? Whether it's music or movies or I don't know painting or whatever, and then you you kind of start with light um, like commercial pieces and and artists, and then and then you go into more serious stuff. You try to find then more serious you know, maybe even independent artists and, 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 and so I went deeper and deeper and deeper over time. And then I hit a point when I decided, hmm, maybe I should start creating something because I know so much about this particular genre or, you know, like, I, I don't want to stop at just consuming, but I want to get into actually producing and, and creating. But and there are obviously many people who just stop there and then um just go go deeper and deeper and maybe even wider as they consume uh, music but that's what what i then decided and so i actually started as a sort of a bedroom dj um and bedroom producer meaning you you don't really need to have an audience but you're basically a a self-learned dj or producer um there's so many you know online tutorials or even youtube videos out there where you can just educate yourself on how to craft those skills, right? And so what I ended up doing um, maybe in the past 10 years or so is um, I am I, a big fan of hip-hop, so I decided, okay, I would uh, make hip-hop beats, and there are many different ways to do that. And I, you know, I, I actually... Um, Learn piano and, and violin violin while growing up, but you know at some point I you know stopped kind of practicing that. And I, the reason I I did that I, as I thought about it is I don't really listen to a lot of classical music in my free time. So then I, I that's why I then thought, okay, I listen to hip hop a lot, so let's make hip hop music. You know, which is kind of a natural way of thinking. And so and and so what I what I use you know, as you mentioned, I use technology to do that. Um, I'm, I'm not using organic drums or, uh, or, or piano, but I, what I basically do is I, I have, I have a, um, a, a drum machine and a sampler and a couple of turntables. So I, what, what I do is I, I collect a lot of vinyl records um, from 50s, 60s, and 70s. in in soul or funk or jazz. So I listen to them and, you know, wherever there are interesting pieces of melody or or drum breaks, whatever, I take those samples and then I put them into my drum machine and then I start layering the drums on top of it to create a loop. And this is not something that I just uh, invented, but this is the uh, old school classic way of making hip hop music back in the 80s and 90s and so i kind of stay try to stay true to that that culture and and, and so you, once you have the loop um, you can kind of sequence it to create a beat like 3 minute maybe 4 minute beats which you know you know mcs can rap over or you know people can just listen to the beats you know there there's this whole lo fi movement these days where People play these beats; they're quite comforting, and they help you uh, focus on work and study. And so, I mean, these uh, instrumental hip hop beats are also good for that purpose. But
2: it's the uh, that the uh, the story of the the sampling is interesting because I you know I'm a little older than both of you, so I kind of grew up almost before sampling. I mean, I think kind of the kids I went to high school in Jamaica, Queens were starting to do sampling. So that's like where, you know, like Run DMC and those people were like running around back then. And uh, so when that all first came out to me, that wasn't music. And like, I was like, oh, I don't really get like, they don't know how to play instruments. And then I've kind of fallen in love with so much of this music over time and learned so much about it. And there is so much creativity in how it's done. And then this kind of weird rich history of, like you say, a, a sound or a beat or something that was made in the 60s that has this life that carries on into songs today, 50 years later. So it's quite quite an amazing thing. And it's all made possible by technology.
0: Yeah. And also, um, you know, it's just that just raw sampling um, that makes it musical. But um, so a lot of producers take some samples and then they chop them up into different pieces. Right. And then, and then they assign them to these drum pads, which then becomes a instrument. So if you hit one pad, it has this one second of sound and the other pad has a different second of sound. And so then they recreate the melodies using the sample. So, so by sampling, it's not, unlike common notion, it's not taking something and then just putting some other instruments around it to, uh, and then call it music, but it's actually recreating. And it, it, there's a whole depth of, you know, this art form, especially in the world of hip hop, but also beyond. And so, so yeah, and, 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 and obviously the, the, the hip hop as a genre has evolved so much that these days, most producers just use softwares uh, on, on their PC to to make them, and they take less samples, but um, they they use different uh, digital instruments to create the beats. so they sound a bit different than you know the old school hip hop beats from you know 80s and 90s. Um, but yeah, I maybe that's when the era when when I grew up. So I have this whole love for 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 that era of music, not just hip hop, but also you know R and B and other genres so i try to kind of mimic and pay my sort of homage um to to that era by by creating bits myself
1: so it's interesting to me that you had some some early lessons in piano and violin traditional instruments and uh now using uh kind of newer technology with that kind of shared experience does it open up new avenues is it uh you mentioned maybe it's an easier barrier to entry for people interested in music is that the case? Is it easier than learning piano? Uh, is there more creativity uh, that's open to you what's what are your thoughts with the, both of those experiences
0: yeah abs- absolutely I mean by learning piano and, and and violin or whatever traditional instruments you you learn about the basic music theory right like the chords and, and scales and just how to read music and which um, are not always necessary, but they're certainly helpful in, in creating music yourself. But at the same time, you know, like I said, the technology has enabled us to, to even if you are a total beginner, right? Um, you know, There's so many resources out there which just allows you to learn these things very quickly. And also, you know, whether it's the software or, or the hardware, Technology, You know, I mentioned the, the drum machine, but also you know, there are synthesizers and there are like sequencers and drum machines and that have shaped the music industry for the past, I would say 50 years and me as a, as a engineer who always um, had this love for like electronic devices and, you know, they, it, it's it just feels so comfortable. Um, using them and learning about them i mean and 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 thereby you know creating music with with the help of technology
2: and something you said there remind me of some of our other episodes uh where you were talking about consuming music and coming up with the idea of the kind of music you want to make the the inspiration the imagination and then the other part is actually producing it which goes to the tools you need to use or the skills and almost any whether it's an art I mean that would be you would need to know a little bit about painting and types of fabrics or sculpture or technology so you have an idea of what you might want to create and then you actually have to be able to figure out how to acquire some skill and and uh, your affinity with technology allows you to kind of figure out those tools and skills pretty quickly, which is quite nice, but that combination. Yeah,
0: yeah, and as I think about it, I never really thought about it this way, but when I think about out of all the different art forms, right, you mentioned there's a pure painting and, and, and all sculpture and et cetera, you know, I ended up picking two, right, which is making music um, uh, and then also photography which I think is a real good example of combining technology uh, and art because you need certain, it doesn't have to be super complicated, but, and it can be analog, it can be digital, but you need certain device, right? And, and to, 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 to use it then to produce something that you have in mind.
1: Speaking of photography, um, we, uh, we know you um, published a book of photography, Human Nature Photographs from Europe about 10 years ago. Uh, so I feel that's a major accomplishment. Uh, not many people have published a book of photography. Can you tell us how that came about? What, uh, what led you to that? What happened after that?
0: Yeah, and um, I've been pursuing photography more than I pursued music making. Uh, this must have been 20 years. And that's actually because I, uh, you know, by the time I had to decide what major t- uh, to, to choose, I actually wanted to become a movie director because I was just so much into movies at that time. And so I I seriously thought about, okay, uh, you know, from Germany, let's move to the U.S. and go, you know, to a film school and and et cetera, et cetera, which I regret not having done uh, in hindsight, but uh, so then I ended up coming back to Korea and then started studying electrical engineering um, and then then became an engineer sense. But, you know, while in college, you know, I couldn't just get rid of my childhood passion. And I, and I just thought that, you know, maybe filmmaking, you just need more investment, right? Whether in time or, or money or energy to pursue it as a hobby. So that's then I thought, oh, maybe, you know, photography, uh, movies, they go hand in hand, right? You take a snapshot, of any movies and that that's a photo essentially um so i kind of started you know looking at movies as visual type of art form and and if you think about photos i mean they are essentially the same they're still images but they tell stories um, and also aesthetically it's super important to think about you know composition and lighting and you know all these things so and it's a lot more accessible, as I said, right? You just need a. I started maybe with a fifty-dollar camera, film camera. Um, so yeah, I I then um, you know bought a film camera, uh, and then I kind of studied again. Um, I don't know if it was YouTube or book back then, but studied the basics of photography. Um, and then and then over time, I kind of developed my own type of genre within photography, and that was based on my um, respect or in interest in some of the French photographers uh, in, in the 50s and 60s. You know, these aren't like household names, but um, there are legendary photographers like Henri Cartier-Bresson, uh, Robert Doineau, and all these guys who, who have produced these beautiful, black and white uh, photos in, in, in street photography and also uh, reportage uh, type of photography genres um, that many people might actually recognize. And so I really, while I was doing my MBA in France, I, I just thought that it was, it's a really good time where I can just travel around Europe again, my wife, and just take photos in that specific genre, um, like street photography, and and so I did that for a whole year, and then at the end of the year, I I found a sort of a online publishing uh, a book publishing company, with which I worked then with to to you know select my photos. They were all in black and white, all taken from Europe, um, and that was another way of me, again paying homage to to the artists that I looked up to and. And um, so, yeah, it was, I mean, it, I didn't do it for, obviously for generating profit or, but it was more like me, uh, for me, it was a way to remember my time in Europe permanently. And at the same time, the way I did it is, I just put a little bit more energy and, and, and uh, you know, brain cells into making each photo Meaningful and and beautiful.
2: Uh, I, I love how in uh, both the both of these stories you uh, you I could tell the the love and inspiration I could hear it that you you know the appreciation of uh, the other artists and and uh, people who have come before you and and uh, how that's as you said moved you from just consuming it to wanna mm-hmm. produce or even pay tribute. Uh, these kind of artistic pursuits and uh, uh, which obviously I think give you a lot of energy and I think that's why people do them and why people take in art and and produce art. Um, How have you seen it play out in your professional life or inform your professional life?
0: So I guess there there are also levels of satisfaction, right? So I, I told you about my thought of, uh, Sort of evolving my kind of hobby of mu- listening to music, and then and then um, and then ultimately, you know, making music myself. Similarly, how I then became a big uh, movie goer, and then I kind of decided to you know turn it into uh, uh, shooting photos seriously. So, and then I started feeling that joy and energy, right? Uh, and 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 satisfaction of the the cre- creative process itself, right? And then there came a, a, a sort of epiphany of the next level, where I thought, hmm, you know, everything's more fun when done together with other people, right? And so, so then I kind of in my previous companies and also my current one, I, I started. You know, either organizing a small group of people who had similar interests who who then kind of saw my photos on Facebook maybe and then asked me how how do you shoot such photos or you know just complete beginners to you know experts um who should share the same interests. So then you know I I you know helped them choose the right equipment. Um, in in for example for for, for photography. You know, we used to have maybe a group, small group of 10 people who then all had these different types of cameras, old and new, film and digital. And then we would just pick a place, interesting place in Korea. And on the weekend, we just would just go there and spend half a day just shooting. And then we would just gather up in a coffee shop, you know, and and then look at each other's photos and just talk about how, you know, how to maybe improve it or, how to, how to share it more broadly. And so that whole sense of sharing your passion with others and just helping others to also get into it more quickly because, you know, I, I never relied on, uh, I, I mean, outside of readily available resources, I never had like a, either mentor or coach or anyone who I learned directly from. So um, I kind of gave back to, my colleagues by sharing my passion and doing it together. And, and so, so that that's one that is might not be directly related to uh, my work per se, but this is happening inside my, you know, work right. With my colleagues. Um, even, even now um, I told you, I, I do a bit of DJing as well. So whenever there's a all hands event in the team, or if there's a happy hour, Um, you know, on the rooftop or nowadays it happens virtually. So I, you know, always try to provide music. And so, you know, your colleagues are the people that you spend most time with. Um, I, I miss my friends. I have friends just all over the world, but it's just very hard to meet with them these days, right? And so, you know, share your passion with the people that you spend the most time with, you know, it can be your family, your friends, uh, your colleagues. So, you know, that, so that's one. And then secondly, uh, working in the tech industry, I guess, whatever your, your roles are, right. Whether it's software development or uh, product management, program management, whatever that is, I mean, you would, you need some type of creativity that will just spark your ideas, uh, right? And it's hard to tell, hard to, I would say, prove the direct correlation between the creativity you exercise in your hobbies and then, and then, and then, and then the creativity you need at, at work. But I'm hundred percent certain that it, it helps. I mean, um, both ways, right? Um, and so, so so yeah it has a lot of um had a lot of um positive effect on not just my personal life um pursuing those hobbies but also professionally uh establish uh, improved relationship with your colleagues you know just share passion and fun through your art and also improve your work work productivity and, and creativity
1: absolutely i think we're right on to our, our closing question you've been mm-hmm. So you've been. can you tell us um what are your plans what are you looking forward to uh, either in your kind of creative pursuits or your technology pursuits what's uh what's uh, keeping you excited
0: Yeah so you know I I you know some some people might say right like art and science are sort of two different things you know so, sometimes you know I, I sometimes they are referred to as even like opposites right you You take the scientific way, you take the, you know, art way, you know, um, but, but in fact, I, from my own experiences, um, you know, no art forms exist with the science or technology and and, and vice versa. They go really well hand in hand. And that's how I've been sort of pursuing these, um, two worlds, um, as a professional and also as a, as a, just hobbyist, right? And so, I just for for anyone who's listening in, um, I I just want to encourage that same thinking. You know, nowadays everyone can be a photographer. I mean, you, everyone has a camera in their phones. Um, every everyone can be a musician and even filmmaker, etc. So um, that's what I wanted to just tell tell the audience.
1: Awesome, you've been. Thank you for your message of positivity and the call to pursuing your passions. I think that's the life we all dream of living. So uh, we appreciate it.
2: Yes. Thank you very much. It was a really lovely conversation.
0: Yeah. Thank you for having me on your show, Tony and Bill.
1: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can email us at podcast at theartistengineer.com if you have show ideas or want to follow up with feedback or just want to say hi we'd love to hear from you so feel free to connect you can find more information about this episode in the show notes at www.theartistengineer.com and finally if you enjoyed the show please leave an iTunes review as it helps the show get discovered by more people and also hit the subscribe button